When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome to the Ask Women podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Carney, along with Marnie Kinris, owner of wingrowmethod.com. And today we have with us under our fort, it's a very esteemed fort, we have relationship coach Rob Kandel. Thanks for joining us. It's my absolute pleasure to be here. And thank you for being such a good sport. It's a He's unique, rolling with it. It's a unique position to be in. It definitely is a unique Literally, position. because you unique. are in a unique physical position That's the way true. you're laying. That's very yeah. true. We have right. you lying down. Yeah, <laughs> under a table with two women. Unusual, <laughs> unusual position. Yeah, I mean, this is every guy's dream who listens to the it's show. True, being true. under a table with Headphones the two Headphones and mic'd at the same time. Yeah, Always it's a good exactly. Yeah, exactly. Recording. <laughs> it's, it's, this is a blast so far. I'm having a wonderful time. Um, but I, we wanted to have Robert on the show because uh, someone reached out to me and had actually pitched another guest to be on the show. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, do you have anybody who speaks more to a male audience? Because this person was for women. And she said, oh, my God, I'm so dumb. Why didn't I think of Robert? He's perfect for your show. And she sent me over um, some topics that you are, are well-versed in mm -hmm. and that are big topics for you. And they, they were perfect for our audience. Um, so a couple that I'd like to start off with is really – the challenge for men in the 21st century and how the Me Too movement has affected men and how the progressive programs for women in the end of the 20th century have hurt men. That, that's, a, that's a big topic that I'd love to talk about with you. Great. Yeah. So um, tell me. Yes. How, how have these things affected men and how, how, how has women becoming more empowered in programs that have been placed for women, how is it hurting men? Well, the first thing I want to say is Everyone's challenged, and so my hope is when I explain my research and what I've seen, it's not to diminish the challenges that women face and other you know other genders face. So sometimes people hear me speak and think, "Oh, he doesn't know about the pain of women." Women, so I get it. I really get it. Exactly, exactly. But I want to really talk about this because it's un it's unknown. It's not talked about enough. So there's some great books out there: uh, The End of Men, Men on Strike, that really describe this phenomenon. And what's happened was in the 70s and 80s, uh, society really looked at the position of girls, and I use girls deliberately versus women, looking at girls, uh, teenage girls and high school girls, and saw that they were undeveloped, especially in the area of STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. And what they did is they started to create programs for women specifically, and many, many empowerment programs, which was great. And what happened was that there was no complementary program for men. And so while women, you know, increased and rose up and which is which was great for women, men didn't have any complementary programs. Well, wasn't it created because men had all the complementary programs before that 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 was in place for them? So right. didn't they already? You're saying something special. I'm, well, would you look at the statistics, which are really interesting to look at? So one is one is great. It's it's the gender pay grade. So in the 1980s, the gender pay grade was 64 cents of a woman versus a man. Now, millennial women entering the workforce, millennial women, is 93 cents 
for a woman versus a man. Amazing. If you look at college program entry or applications, it was 65% male and 35% women. This was in the 70s and 80s. Now that's flipped. Now it's 65% women, 35% men. Oh, wow. You look at uh, what happened in 2008 and the recession, there were 6 million jobs lost, mostly in industrial and manufacturing, which were male-dominated. So while it's been great for the women for rising, men haven't had what's needed in the 21st century, which is more skills around uh, communication, Mm -hmm. relating, intimacy, Mm -hmm. emotions. And what happens is women have rose up in power and men have pretty much stayed the same. Now, while this is great for the equality side, what's happened is men's emotional reaction to this has been uh, very detrimental. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm talking about because men are tending to, uh, instead of, you know, taking the challenge or seeing the mountains, they're actually tending to quit. There's a whole demographic of Japanese men under 30 who are virgins and have no desire to pursue women. Wait, what is that called? What is that movement called? Um, the, the person who did the shootings was part of that group. I, we've talked about yes, it on our it's, show before. It's, it's like a celibacy group. Yeah, and, exactly. What, what is it called? I forget the I forget, name. Yeah. It has like a very detrimental name, like yeah. some fruit name. Um, but what's happening is in Japan, the, the whole uh, society is being affected because the generations are getting older which means that people are living longer and there's no there's a lot less kids coming into the environment. So what's happening to men is that they they're not stepping up, they're not seeing the challenge. Then me too happened, which was awesome and very important for it to happen, but men are also using that as a way to take a step back, to go into hiding, to not take any risks and they're being more and more shrunk mm-hmm. inside of that. So uh, while I, and the worst part about it all is that men aren't given permission to speak Mm -hmm. about their pain and their challenges. Because we're white, cisgendered men, Mm -hmm. we are not supposed to have any problems. It's like a rich person who has a bad family life. Like I I talked to... It's mine. Okay, there. Sorry, go on. I talked to, uh, on my show, I talked to a son of a major movie producer, a huge movie producer, and he talked about all I really wanted was to have a family, a normal family that I could talk to and relate to, but even with the millions and millions and the big houses, he didn't have it. And so because men are perceived as having it all, for them to complain or talk about or even discuss their emotions has a negative bias in today's society. So not only are they suffering... They're suffering in silence. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people in general are suffering suffering in silence. If they have achieved a certain level of success or mm-hmm. a certain income, um, they're not exactly what you're saying. They're not allowed to have problems or whine about things that are bothering them because they aren't real issues. Like I'm putting it in, in quotations or air quotes because people will get angry at them mm-hmm. and think that they're disgusting in some way for having these issues. Well, last week, I think um, Henry Cavill, I don't know if I say his name right, but who played Superman mm-hmm. uh, in the most recent one, he was in, a, I don't know, Esquire or some sort of men's magazine talking about how he's afraid to approach women um, because of the Me Too movement and the massive angry mob backlash that he got on Twitter, he ended up issuing an apology and this, it was one girl who kind of set it off and she said, if you won't have to worry about being 
you know, labeled a rapist or, a, you know, whatever to women, if you just act in, a, in an appropriate manner, there's nothing to worry about, like, how dare you? And it was shaming him. And, sh- and so, of course, he issued the apology. And I stayed mum on it because I have the unpopular opinion, which is he has a right to feel afraid because I know I have men in my life that, like my, my brother specifically, he's a great guy. He would never, because basically what she was saying was, if you just are nice to women you don't have to worry about them lying they're not going to lie but my brother had an experience when he was a younger man uh he was it's like a high school senior and he had a girl that was i don't know like five years younger than him saying that he would he had done bad things to her sister which he hadn't and then eventually she apologized for it but he has a fear around women because of his experience so women women in the me too movement i understand the whole thing but it doesn't mean that all women 100% are going to be honest, great women and giving them the benefit of the doubt all the time is kind of irresponsible because we are, if we want to be seen as equal, we need to judge people. Acknowledge that men are equal as well. Right. And so, um, he, so Henry issuing the apology bothered me Mm. because he had to then lie about his true feelings, which are, it's an, it's a, we're in a situation where the, uh, where the it's like your nervousness is elevated right now and it's understandable and to and to throw away men's feelings because of that is really frustrating to me and really angers me yeah. and yeah. it's and if but if i had tweeted that i would have been attacked mercer, mercilessly because that's not the popular opinion right now on twitter but anyway. it would have started a conversation that would have been helpful if you had right, but then i would be there. anti-women not a feminist it's like so i hate this black and white thinking where it's like Either you're bad or you're good, and if you're bad, we are going to take you down with our army holding, you know, like, like big pitchforks. You know, I I hate that that's happening right now. It bothers me, but I mean, I'm, of course, I'm glad that predators and stuff are being exposed, et cetera, et cetera. But I just don't like that. Then it kind of switches it to well, it's scaring off awesome men. Yeah, that basically, I feel bad for awesome men that are being. And then scared I feel bad off. for women because they're because <laughs> then again, they will only be pursued by the people who don't give a shit about this who are maybe a little bit more aggressive or dominant right. and again and nice guys like my brother are yeah. the ones kind of suffering in yeah. a way so what's your what's your solution for for this thing going on right now for men well there's two things one is i do think that women need time to vent i wrote an article uh, what lies behind underneath men's privilege is fear and desire basically exposing my viewpoints of what happens what's got us to this point of privilege is uh, our fear you know, acting bravado, catcalling instead of engaging, all this you know fear that we can't acknowledge, and really this strong desire that we don't know how to communicate. And what that comes out with is is poor behavior. I'm sorry, I need to interrupt you. I used to do a joke. Uh, I'm, I do, I'm a comic. Mm-hmm. I used to do this joke. It was one of my absolute first jokes where uh, I would, I was trying to explain like when you're in a road rage incident or something happens on the road and you really just want to explain like if someone beeps at you and you're like, well, I can't go because of the person crossing in front of me. You just can't see them because they're a pedestrian and you're behind me. And like, I really always want to explain it. And then instead I just yell, fuck you, you know, like you, because you don't, you're like, you're, you're too, you know, in the moment and frustrated and you're not going to have the time to actually articulate what's actually going on. And so then it comes out as aggression when really I I want it to come out as an explanation and a connection with that person as to why we shouldn't be arguing right now. Exactly. But, but it comes out aggressive. Right. Yeah. 
So I wrote this article. It was well-written. It was edited by an excellent woman editor who worked for 7x7 Magazine. She's amazing. And I got flamed by women on there. And they were just so angry that I would write an article explaining men's behavior. And then inside the article, I had the gall to say that it's up to men first being amenable to change, but also for women to participate, to, help. to educate help men. Adam. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in my, my viewpoint is that we have a society of angry women and dumb guys. <laughs> it's have, a bad combination. It's a bad combination. And so women are angry. They don't communicate what they want. They don't express when their boundaries are being pushed. And what happens is guys just think everything's fine. you know, Until it's not. And, well, right, until they're gone. And so there's no middle ground. So you know, it's not that women need to educate men. It's that women have the opportunity to educate mm-hmm. men. It's a very different thing. And if a, for a man to uh, learn, to expand, to evolve, my viewpoint is his ego's got to be cracked, which is usually done by another man. And then a woman's got to go in there and fine tune. Because your example of you know just being a nice guy, men don't know what that means. Right. They, We're so they, they are confused, so confused by that. So yeah. confused because you say to me you want me to be strong and be, you know, like a warrior, to be like, you know, the Aquaman guy or the Game of Thrones guy, and then you want me to be tender, but you're and not lay telling under me a blanket when and do a podcast. Be soft and yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like we don't understand and we're not taught the emotional visual cues of when to morph. We're we're taught to shun our feminine side, our emotional side. Mm-hmm. We're taught that those are uh, negative and you don't be a pussy and don't be a little girl and all these things. And so we're totally confused. Then Me Too comes around and then we get scared and then we give up. Yeah. So the solution is for men first to say, and this has to come from a man, I want to learn. I want to get better. I want to evolve. I want to uh, step up in being a good man to a woman. Which is what everybody who listens to this podcast But like is. this girl uh, on Twitter that I'm referring to who called out Henry Cavill. I'm just saying Henry because I don't Superman. know his last name. That's right. Superman. Yeah. All, she, she simplified it and she just said, well, don't be a creep and nothing bad will happen. Right. So can we say that to guys? No. Nope. Just don't be a creep? Exactly. Nope. It's like it's so much more complex than people are giving it credit for. Right. So women are angry, guys are dumb because women won't tell the truth to men. And then also, women get mad. Well, can you dissect that a little bit? What sure. do you mean by women won't tell the truth? Is it that they don't know how to, or they're they're verbalizing in a way that they can understand, but that men don't understand? And the truth about what? The truth about well, what? Everything, pretty much. You know, the fine details. Oh my so, God, if I start saying the truth to men, they'll shut off their brains <laughs> in two seconds. Right, right. No, but it's true. Yeah. So, and women have that viewpoint. You can't handle the truth. Right. Women have the viewpoint that men won't listen. And it's a true viewpoint. So it does take a man showing up saying, please, I'd like to learn. I want to, I will reward you for the truth. It takes, I know, a man willing. But then, it, Can you advise, sorry to interrupt you, but can you advise men who are listening to this show how specifically they could ask this question of a woman who is because potentially that, offended or maybe potentially offended by I feel them like being curious? it could curious. come across a little patronizing. Like, I don't know, tell me, te- teach me. I'm stupid, teach me. You know, like, I could, Yeah, that won't work. Right. That so what's work. the right way to do it? Um, it's, it takes vulnerability and it takes uh, specific. So, you know, I've been doing this work for 20 years. I've been pounded by many teachers, both men and women. So I've had, I've gone through the ringer and I still make a lot of mistakes. I make a lot of mistakes with my wife. And like one time she's like talking about something about the kids and then, 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 then,
And then I'm like, oh, this is how we fix it. This is what we can do. I go right into my masculine. I go right into my fix it mode, fix it mode Mr. Fix-It. And then she, her face did not smile. <laughs> and I said, oh. And I said, what? And she goes, well, I actually just wanted you to validate my feelings. And I was like, oh. And then I said, thank you. And I said, I appreciate that. And I learned that lesson. I took that lesson in. So she told me the truth, and I rewarded her for telling me the truth. And then I got better at it. So if you're a guy who wants to learn in relationship with a woman you can learn from, you can say that to her. Like, listen, I have come to the realization in my life that there are certain parts of relating to women I don't know about. And I want to ask you and give you full permission to adjust me or reflect back to me at any time if I do something that you don't like. And when you do, all I'm going to say is thank you. So you set it up as a game. You set it up as an agreement. You set it up as a, as a way, an opening. But is it, is it even between you and her where if she does something that you don't like, you can say something? Because then it kind of seems like the balance starts to kind of go where it's just like the woman's almost being too catered to or too yeah. coddled or something like that. Well, most guys I know are pretty quick to say when a woman is bothering, doing something they're bothering him, either on his face. He's much more apt to be like, uh, you know, like we're just, we have much more permission in society to express our distaste at a woman doing something. So while it seems like it could be catering, all it does is open up the dialogue between a man and a woman. And what you're doing is you're actually enrolling that woman onto your team. Like you would go and get a good stockbroker or you go get a good physical trainer to help you up-level your game. All you're doing is to the trusted, intimate friends in your life who are women saying, you know, I want to get better. I'm interested. Show interest. Show willingness and reward for the truth. And it's amazing what can happen. And these little things that women can show that men don't know. No, just like shoes and colors and, and posture and facial gestures and... Uh, specific words that don't work. It's like we don't know them until someone reflects back to us how to do it. That makes sense. That makes complete sense. Well, so my question is, what if a man says these things to a woman who is not well-equipped, like your wife, Mm -hmm. to respond in such a succinct and clear manner? And especially for younger guys, too, that aren't married and that are dating. Right. Well, dating is is different, and you know I don't necessarily would say this to, if you're starting your third or fourth date to ask this. Uh, if you're in the middle of more of a longer-term relationship, yeah, you can start to be like, hey, I want to open up the lines of communication between us, and uh, what's been successful for me in the past is when we can just be honest with each other about pretty much everything, and I want to just give you the space. If something arises between us that you don't like, you can just tell me, and you know we can have a hand signal. Um, you know, I've created a game called, called the middle finger. Well, it's actually called truth moment. <laughs> Hashtag truth moment. Uh, it's basically it's, you know, my wife and I have this. She's like truth moment. I'm like, yeah. And she goes, oh, blah, 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 blah. So there's a there's a communication game. There's a pathway between you. Um, and for for young guys and younger women, just sit and in the dialogue. So if you have a young guy and a young woman, the woman doesn't know how to quite express it. She might say, well, there's something about that really bothered me, and I'm not sure what it is. And the guy's like, okay, well, what are the clues or what are the feelings? And like you investigate, you tear it apart, 
and you investigate. And then even if she can't say in the moment what it is, you're still going to get more information yeah. if she doesn't say anything at all. Okay. Very helpful. We're going to take a quick break because this is very good information that I want people to sit with for a moment and consume. Um, and we'll be back in a second. Hey, guys. I think you know who I'm going to be talking about right now. Well, hymns, yes, but you. Hymns and you. Because... We see what's going on when you move your hair a certain way or do the old comb over to try to hide what's thinning. We know what you're going through. We know the pain that you're suffering. We don't want you to suffer. And guess what? You don't have to suffer because there's Hims. Hims is an amazing wellness brand for men that wants to help you fix your hair and keep it from falling out today for five bucks. They connect you with real doctors. It's real science. It's fast, easy, no waiting room, no doctor's office, sleek packaging. So right now, go to forhims.com slash wants to get everything you need to keep your hair for just $5 today while supplies last. See their website for full details, but this would cost you hundreds, hundreds, hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy. Go to forhims.com slash wants. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash wants. Forhims.com slash wants. All right, we are back. Hi. Very good information. Thank you. So the book that you have written, is it about all of this? Like this is the topic of how men can rise up during this time without dominating and needing to you know, kill people and bash them over the head? And what's the name of it? The book is called Unhidden, A Book for Men and Those Confused by Them. So it's a pragmatic guide for men in the 21st century. And for women, though. Yes. People, okay, cool. Yes. So it's predominantly for men to give them a pragmatic guidebook. There's been many great men's books, but not many great men's books, especially recent ones that have come out. And so it's really step-by-step how to deal with communication and jealousy, uh, your father's path. It's, it's really just a pragmatic guide of how to succeed in the 21st century. And on the flip side, every chapter has a section for women just to shine the light of what happens beneath this typical male facade, this stoic facade that everything's fine, but really there's a lot going on, and how to just learn to be better friends and better lovers to men. Do a lot of men have a fear that if they learn how to do everything that you're talking about, that they may become women or or pussies like is that a fear for a lot of men that okay fine if I learn to open up and and communicate these things am I going to become you know like her girlfriend and we go shoe shopping all the time like is 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 so how do how do men balance that out so that they they still are men that women are attracted to or their woman is attracted to but also being this amazing communicator is is that possible totally completely okay Um, I'm an example of it So I started off very masculine, very smart, very linear, good strategist, a nice guy, totally disconnected from my feelings. When did somebody tell you to be that way? Well, I was I was thrown into uh, many experiences that had my ego ripped apart and my soul ripped apart, and I saw the value of actually learning to connect to my feminine side. Everyone has what I call the masculine-feminine ratio. Everyone, including you guys. Um, And what happens in life is that you have calls to action to either shift from masculine, feminine, or feminine to masculine. 
So, you know, for, for like my wife is a very feminine woman, but she has two kids. So she's got to slip into the masculine, you know, to get them fed, to get them to school, to get the, you know, the, she really gets into action. Um, a lot of women going into the business world are getting stuck in their masculine and not knowing how to reconnect to their feminine. So what I teach men is to change and work on the ratio on a moment's notice to figure out what's the best position or ratio to be. Like when my wife said, I want to, I want you to validate my feelings. Well, that's me going deep into my feminine to be with her without my masculine saying how to fix it. But then I can slide right back to the masculine when she feels complete with that. I'm like, okay, let's solve the problem together. It's a mastery. Then it's, you're just like, here's my dick. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's Bend my, over. Here's my skill set, basically. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so the point is, is that uh, the, the book really shows you that it's okay to be connected to your feminine. Actually, it's really a power. Honestly, so my boyfriend used to work like back in the, back long, long, long time ago when it was one of his first jobs was working at a makeup counter at uh, Neiman Marcus. I love that. And so he knows everything about makeup and he knows, he knows like espadrille, like, you know, shoes, you know, like he knows all those things, but he's super masculine, mm-hmm. like so masculine. But I love the fact that he can kind of joke about my makeup or give me advice on like what colors I should be wearing. Yeah, it, like, that bronzer's not working for right, you. But he's so masculine that it doesn't come across like pussyish or like effeminate. Mm-hmm. It just is like, oh my God, I have like the best because I have this super masculine <laughs> mm-hmm. boyfriend and who an I can house literally talk about clothes with. And it's great. Right. And I love it. And But again, it doesn't demasculine him, if that's a word, at all. Emasculate. Emasculate, Emasculate yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't demasculate him. <laughs> yeah. Did that intelligence me? Yeah. De-intelligence me? I think so. That right. line. Yeah. That's a great skill. And yeah. that's attractive to women. women. So attractive. See, women want a full, complete range of a person. Right. And they want that person to shift and morph in response. They want men to have presence. They want men to be able to pay attention. They want men how to notice and then pick that spot on the ratio level that best complements. But women shift like on a dime. It's just like shift, 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 shift. And so for me, it's like uh, improv class or, uh, you know, like switching from doing the waltz to break dancing. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's really the ability to shift. That's a man's mastery in my book. And if you have judgment on your feminine side, well, you'll stay in your masculine when the woman's calling for more feminine, and then that's where a lot of disruption yeah. to have skill and mastery to switch. That's Do a you think sometimes, like even when I'm listening to this, I'm just like, oh my God, it sounds like a lot of work for it guys. Does. It does. Do you think it's unfair? Um, unfair. I think, no, I don't think it's unfair because I think men, there's two options for men. Men, number one is they can create a box for a woman and basically demand that she's small and stays in a finite range that he feels comfortable with. And a lot of men do this. And I think of the Me Too and the changing of really the 21st century is women are saying, screw that to the box. You know, I'm out of here. Um, the second option is a man can take the, the dynamic nature of a woman as an opportunity to increase his mastery and skill. Guys love to produce. Guys love the challenge of a game. We love mountains. We like weight, you know, bench pressing. We like building. We like making money. We like, you know, uh, uh, basically producing. And we also like the skill of mastery in terms of women. So is it unfair? It can look like that. But to me, it's just the opportunity to increase your skill, increase your mastery. 
of relating these, to a modern woman. Do these skills cross over into other areas? Absolutely. Like, no like what? Well, communication in itself, you can use anywhere in your life. So communication is my main thing I've learned and my, my mastery is my favorite thing because communication is the key. Communication is sex. Communication is business. Communication is relating. Communi- communication, you work with your parents. It's really the main skill. And so I always say if you can learn to deal uh, with your and your partner's sexuality, you can handle anything. You can handle your yeah. boss. You can handle So focus on learning to master her genitals, master her, you know, her power, master her sexuality, and everything else seems a little bit easier. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Yeah. One thing before we get to I our- I would say that to my boss. <laughs> well, I really am great with my wife's genitals. Yeah. So I have a feeling this relationship with me and you is going to be great. And yeah. the guy will go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I me? hear you. Teach <laughs> me how to do it. Right? Show up. I'm telling you, seriously. Yeah. Um, so one thing you had said before that your wife said to you, and this is before we get to our questions from our listeners, but she said to you, validate my feelings. Can you just explain what that means? Well, women enjoy being seen. And so the validation of feelings is a really important piece um, because in our society, we're not often validated for our feelings. We're, we're moved from the feeling state into the production state. And if for women, uh, you know, most of communication, there's, there's masculine and feminine communication. Masculine communication is really apt for production. Hey, yo, hey. Moving from point A to point B. Okay, that's really masculine. And feminine communication is really for connection. It's really looking um, for intimacy. I just feel like he doesn't hear me. Exactly. So a guy will hear a complaint from a woman, and basically his initial thought is, how do I fix it? How do I find the animal? How do I kill the animal? How do I bring the animal home? But the feminine communicator wants to just to be in relationship with him over the problem without him fixing it. By validating the feelings, what you're saying is, I hear you. I can understand how that would be challenging for you. Wow, I don't know how I would handle that. Before you go into the production, you're actually going into the relationship and the intimacy, which is what she really wants, and then she wants you to fix it. Mm-hmm. But take the time just to slow down, be in connection, feel the intimacy, and then move from there. Okay, actually, I do have one follow-up question to that. Um, on the flip side, for men, what do men need and want from women that they should learn how to communicate? Because I know that you're saying, you know, women had been in this box that they want to get the hell out of. Um, do men really just want us to stand there and look pretty? I, I don't believe that to be true right. and silent. Um, what What is it that men want, want from us? From to us. Because keep it Cause even. Because I, I, I find that it's a big frustration with for a lot of women as well because they're like, why aren't you telling me to change things? Why aren't you telling me to do things? Why? So, so what is it that men want? There's a couple, There's a lot of levels to that question. I'll start off with the most important. So, uh, men are men are external validation junkies. We're you know women are too, but men are especially because we look externally for the proof that we're doing it right in the world. Usually, that's a hot woman that's actually having sex with us. It's the job. It's the prestige. It's the money. It's the car. We're we're external validation junkies. Shallow. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's a detriment because what happens is that men are constantly looking for external validation and they're leaning on women to have it. And so men are afraid that if they reveal all parts of ourselves, that external validation will drop 
and and exit and will be left alone. Oh, interesting. There's a good similarity between men and women. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but women have permission to speak about this. This is kind of a common meme. By men are on the side are supposed to look stoic and we got it handled sort of thing. So the the main thing women can do is really give space for men to show all different parts of themselves, to allow the scary, nervous parts and still uh, be loved and accepted and approved of. And how can a man communicate that to a woman, that he would like that space? Well, the first thing a man has to do is to have a conversation with himself, really. That he's allowed. He's allowed. It's got to start with the internal self. And that mm-hmm. if you do all of these things, your car is not going to disappear right. and your house is not going to disappear. Right. And or your the, penis is not going to disappear. The sex is not going right. to Well, I, I will give the conversation to the men that are listening because if you do these things, you will get more sex. Right. You will get more love. You will get more confirmation of your of character. You right. Yes. Right. Because women want a man's vulnerability. Well, like my, my sister has her, her husband is the king of external validation Mm -hmm. house car you like the bigger stakes like i mean all of that and their relationship kind of just plummets when that's getting too out of control Mm -hmm. like he's getting a new car and he's so focused on the car and the mercedes and it's got this and that and then the minute and then they hit a point where my sister kind of loses it and then he comes back around for a little while Mm -hmm. but then he dips right back it's like he can't stay in that space that you're talking about consistently it's like a constant he's doing good for a little while then all of a sudden he drifts off and he's just like it's baseball and his car and his Mm. house and his money and his job and then my sister loses it again and then then they come back together because he doesn't want to lose her after she loses it and then he's good for a few months so how do you stay consistent is it just working on it daily constantly and without it be like how do you do it without it being annoying to you and too much of a job for you well, for me, I'm really interested in mastery in all conditions. So to me, it's my hobby. It's my purpose. It's my profession. So people want the maximum results with the least amount of effort. That's the human condition. So if, if, That's the Kristen Carney condition. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> Welcome to the humanity, human uh, species. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for a man to want to change, for a person, but let's just say for a man, for a man to want to change, the pain of staying the same has to be greater than the pain of change. Right. So if we're wanna, we look in the mirror and we see these little love handles, and the pain of looking at the love handles is greater than actually getting your ass to the gym, we'll go to the gym. If we look at the love handles, we're like, yeah, it's okay. We're not going to go to the gym. Right. That's across the board in all human conditions. So it has to take the man admitting to himself that I want to change. I want to evolve. And then once you make that commitment, and a commitment's really important, and a commitment doesn't have to be a lifelong commitment. It could be a month or three months or six months. I'm going to build a practice. Then you come up with a concept of how to do it. Uh, you have accountability. It's, so I it's a process. I his, think his problem is that he's doing it for my sister and my sister alone. It's not for his own improvement. It's to make right. her happy. So if he looked at it more as a, this is what I want to do to become a better person, and, and it's my love handles that I don't want to look at anymore, then it would be consistent, I think, rather no, than just like a police. No? No. I think he's afraid of her losing, leaving. Yeah, definitely. So the, it's not for... Your sister. Well, that's the that's what pain. I mean. But I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. It's like it's for keeping my sister. That's right. really what I meant to say. It's not for his own growth. Like he's not. Whenever he becomes better, right? It's not 
for because he's decided internally this is what he wants to Does do. Does your sister listen to this podcast? No. Okay, good. Then can I talk <laughs> You bluntly? can talk shit, yeah. Okay, I won't talk shit. I'll just talk bluntly. So your sister is co-creating this bad behavior. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... And She's this is also what, not respecting the fact that he gets pleasure out of doing things that well, are... Well, no, she does. She respects it all the time. She really does. She but she doesn't if she's getting angry about it. No, she doesn't. Sorry, get, I want to well, hear I want to hear you. But she doesn't get angry about it. She gets angry at the fact that she loses him in the process, that he's not there for her when he's doing all these things. She knows that he's like, he's that guy. Like That's very well known in her mind that this is who he is. But he stops communicating with her. He stops talking to her. He stops asking her questions. So she doesn't care. He can continue looking at all the cars he wants as long, at the same, as long as that at the same time, he's also in the relationship with her. See, this is my example of angry women and dumb guys. Right. Because your sister isn't willing to say, I'm no longer going to put up with this behavior, she bypasses her boundaries. She keeps him dumb. Right. And so the pattern keeps happening. So there must be some benefit for her to stay in the relationship in order not to ask for what she truly wants. Right, right. Well, because when she gets angry, she gets the loving husband for a couple of months. Right. And it's great. Oh, my God. They are so in love. She's like... Yeah, loves him so much. It's like, oh, he's he's this, he's that, he's this, and then all of a sudden, he's, and she's like, ah, right. But she's co-creating that. Definitely. So oh, if yeah. I was coaching them, we could go to the root of what's actually happening. Why does he go into that? But because she's in this cycle of up and down, you know, she's happy fifty percent of the time and miserable fifty percent of the time. There has to be some benefit for her to be in that, or she's too lazy to make the choice, or I'm not sure what it is, but she's definitely in co-creation definitely. with this bad behavior. Yeah, for sure. Well, I yeah. think having having a child, they have a kid, you know, it's like, you know. I get it. Yeah, it's kind of, it. you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of things that contribute right. to it, but right. I think mostly what I'm hearing uh, Rob talking about is it's just consistent communication from both sides. Right. Prior to either side overstepping a boundary. When a boundary is triggered or hit or slightly stepped over, communication should be shared with the other person who is contributing to them experiencing that. And to, to for your equality, the men do the same thing. Yeah. We're just like, oh, okay, I, I don't want to get into a fight or we're having such a nice time and I don't really want to spark it. So I'm just going to you know withhold it. And in my world, withholding is akin to lying. I don't believe in white lies. I think white lies are the cancer of relationships. It's time and time again in proper moments to communicate when this happened, this is the way I felt. When you didn't call me, I felt hurt and scared. It's the willingness to, in the moment, as much as possible, to discuss what's happening. Or what we do is we just push it down. It becomes baggage in our relationship, and our communication stops, and we have mediocrity. Where Mm -hmm. most relationships are these days, we have mediocre relationships because we aren't willing to really tell the truth. I mean, the truth about or hear the truth. I think for absolutely. I think there has to be an agreement from both sides. That totally. you can tell the truth and I'll listen to it. Right. And reward you. <laughs> and reward you for telling me the truth. And right. I think that, that that that's a you know, a muddy area for a lot of couples as well because if you I do mean, tell the truth several times in a row and you get your head bit off for it, you're like Or if you tell the truth several times in a row and you just become either naggy or yeah. you know, annoying or whatever, you know, needy. Which well, is the feminine yeah. You know, the bad stereotype, it's like burning a witch at the stake. It's like, you're needy. No, you're, you're not needy. The guy's just not listening. 
And and then women are putting up with the guy not listening and staying. And so we're so afraid to end relationships or be alone. I'm not sure what it is for each person. But to me, it's like if you want to live an optimal life, you have to be willing to put all your cards on the table. And that's what the book is about. It's just willing to live at this high level of truth and then fall in love with yourself. Self-esteem is built upon esteemable acts of being true, of not having your boundaries crossed. And that's where optimal relating comes from. I completely agree with that. Okay, here's one question from one of our listeners. Hey, Ask Women Podcast peeps, I'm super confused by this woman that I used to like. Actually, I still want a relationship with her, but since she doesn't want one, I will respect that and simply be a friend. I have accepted my role as friend, and I can be a friend even though I have feelings for her. For me, that is fine. I can deal with that and still behave like a gentleman. But I have a conf- I had a confusing dream where we were in a relationship and it freaked me out because we had just started being friends again after I told her that I liked her and she needed time to sort out her feelings. Since at the time she was out of the country and we could not talk on the phone. What is this noise? I don't know. It's like squeak, weird squeaking. Um, I emailed her about the dream. Is it better now? I'm sorry, just start over because it was going... Okay, but I had a confusing dream where we were in a relationship and it freaked me out because we had just started being friends again after I told her that I liked her and she needed time to sort out her feelings. Since at the time she was out of the country and we could not talk on the phone, I emailed her about my dream and asked to make sure that she didn't like me. She had told me this in the past, but the dream caused confusion in my mind. She responded back and here are some excerpts from her email. Is that what it is? Um, I have never liked you in that way. To me, you've always been the logical friend that would actually look out for me. You understand the road I've walked and the confusing emotions that conflict with the logic we have used to formulate our understanding of life. You are one of the only people that I know that I can say that about. I know that I can talk to you about anything and you will listen and understand me. Most people don't do that. You have been one of my best guy friends and I want to keep your friendship. She also talked about specific times when she felt that I cared about her and that she knew I had her best interest in mind. She talked about how I had helped her to get out of a bad relationship she was in and I made her feel safe. We have since talked and are still friends. She will be back in the country in mid-August and we should be able to continue being friends. I think that basically this is a classic case of being put in the friend zone. The thing that confuses me is that these are some of the characteristics women are looking for in a man. But when I exhibit them, I just end up being the best friend. It could be that when we became friends, she was already in a relationship. And so now we will only be friends in the future. Her best girlfriend tells me that she actually likes me, but only says that she doesn't because she wants to preserve our friendship. I take the girl I like, I likes word over her friends. So I don't think she likes me, but I'm confused. Do you think that she actually likes me or am I on target with continuing to be a friend. If she does like me, should I change anything from what I've been doing as a friend? Any help is appreciated. Thanks. Confused by women. I think this is kind of in line with what you have been talking about, but I think this is a lot like a fear for a lot of men that what we've been expressing about communication, that if they do this with women, that this will end up happening to them. So I'd love to hear what you have to say. Um, I think stop pulling and trying to get into the romantic relationship i think she doesn't like him and i think there's there's something beyond his control that he doesn't light up her her sex or her mm-hmm. desire and uh, he should stop focusing on it and put his attention on another woman that actually he can relate to 
I think learning to be friends with women is uber important. It's an amazing skill, and I don't think you should diminish yourself for learning this with this woman or being that for a woman. I think it's amazing, but you just don't have some characteristic. It's maybe height. It could be weight. It could be money. It could be a smell. Like There's so many things out of your control that actually have nothing to do with you, my friend, and you're willing, your, your habit of torturing yourself is just a waste of time and energy. Become a friend to her. Um, put your attention on other women. Find a woman that really wants you for who you are. And if you're, this woman you desire changes her mind because your attention is elsewhere, well, that's down the line. But just don't hope for it. Just let it go. I agree. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I don't. I, I, I just try to imagine like what the, what the vibe is like when they're together. And I would just guess that he doesn't put out a sexual masculine energy yeah. because he's too focused on being a friend. And the relationship I'm in now, we were friends at the beginning. And it, before I would have said, well, they were friends and there's no way it can now change because it's been set as their friends. But I will say we were friends, but there, there was always like a, like a, there was a vibe in a, in a masculine, sexual, strong energy that I got from him regardless of being my friend or not. So I think it's too late to set that tone because I know for me, the tone was there from the beginning. Um, and so I, I agree that he needs to move on and and I think so too. And not use a dream as an excuse to reach out and yeah, ask, are you reevaluating? Yeah. And then that's kind of just weird. I had a dream. I mean, I, I understand. I but he's trying to find dreams, some but... way to bring it up so that we can bring the conversation up again, just to clarify and see if things have changed because right. she's away. But it doesn't like it's doing. grasping at straws or reaching yeah. for an excuse. And yeah. It, that, and especially that does not come across attractive. Yeah, yeah, I I, com- don't like I completely yeah. agree. Do not like that. No. So there's um in my product the about how to get out of the friend zone. There's a book, a mini book that Richard uh, Delaruno, I forget what his name is, but anyway, it's 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 a book that he wrote about the way to get out of the friend zone, even if you've been a friend for X number of years. And it's this very simple book. It's about eight pages. It's included as a bonus in my program. And it, and it does give advice on how to tweak those tiny things so that you can display um, the attractive characteristics that potentially could spark attraction in somebody you've been friends with for a long time. The thing that I see in this situation, and it's very similar to what Kristen was saying, is that he may have been not dumbing down his sexuality. He just may have been cutting it off completely with this girl, either, you know, consciously or subconsciously. Um, But like you said, Robert, he wasn't sparking anything for her. And there are ways to adjust that and shift that. And it's by switching up your behavior, um, doing some things for yourself as well. And the book that Richard wrote, which is a bonus in one of my programs called The Friend Zone or Avoiding the Friend Zone, really speaks to how how guys can do that. It does involve work and practice and learning some new behaviors that are not manipulative or horrible. And it does involve boosting your confidence in allowing yourself to display and show sexuality to women that you are now currently in a friendship with. And I think, um, I don't even know what this person's name is, but I think that he should check out that book if he wants. And if he, even if he emails me, I will send it to him for free. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's the end of our, our, our show. But can you tell people how to get people, how to get people, how to get in contact <laughs> with you? Uh, you can visit my website, robertcandel.com. It's Candel. Candel. K-A-N. K-A-N. Robert, K-A-N-D-E-L-L.com. Yeah. That's the hub for all my my products. I have a, a podcast called Tough Love where I speak to this level of intensity mm-hmm. once a week. 
I have my pre-sales for my book, uh, a communication course in Los Angeles I'm teaching September, and various other things. So at robertcandell.com, and it's links to all my social media as well. I love it. And if you have questions for us and you want to send them in, please write to ask at askwomenpodcast.com, and we will try to get to your questions and overanalyze them to death on our mm-hmm. show with ourselves and our guests. New episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, and then I announce them on Friday. Um, if you are noticing that our podcast is not on a platform that you once used, please email us and let us know, and we will try to get it connected so that you can continue listening to our show. Um, You guys are wonderful. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Pleasure.